TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you in the Kia Studios with you for the full four. We're asking you to download the Odyssey app. If you're not in the car as much, you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can take the smartphone, you can take the Alexa speakers, your tablet, your Roomba, your Epson printer, your Texas Instruments calculator, whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points. Three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there producing the show on the other side of the glass. It is Day Day, and uh, he is at the D. Lewis for real. Lots to get into with you here uh, this evening. A lot going on uh, here around the uh, world of uh, sports. Uh, let's start with the Braves, obviously. Uh, that was a much-needed win, snapping their four-game losing streak. And, you know, again, I know, you know, we proclaim that the division is over. Division's been over. Division's over. Okay, I mean it's it, it is what it is at this point. So um, you know you're gonna have little bumps and hiccups and things like that along the way. So not really a big deal. But uh, Braves get back on track today. Uh, they come from behind. They beat the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks to win one of these games, and now they'll get ready for Milwaukee. More on that in just a minute. But um, they uh, they do find a way to win uh, today. And uh, Spencer Strider, look. Um, was he terrific? You know, he was good enough. Six innings, uh, you know, four hits, four runs. Did give up the couple of home runs. Seems like the long ball is starting to plague him. But uh, he did have 13 strikeouts in one walk. Is that good? If You know, again, he recorded 18 outs, 
13 of them were with no contact. 18 outs, 13 with no contact. Because, again, when they made contact, they seemed to be able to find a way to, you know, get some hits and score and all that kind of stuff. And they only walked one guy um, in the game uh, today. So, Arcia homered. Olsen hit two homers. All of a sudden, Riley is red hot now. He homered in each game of this series. He was two for four with two runs and three RBI. And I believe that gave him 11. I think he had 11 RBI in this three-game series. 11 RBI in the three-game series. So don't look now, but all of a sudden, he's getting on one of those hot streaks where, you know, we talked about this. Look, he can carry you for two or three weeks. Literally, he can carry you on his back for two or three weeks. And now he seems like he's in one of those kinds of spells right now where he's just mashing everything. Olsen was two for four with a couple of runs and three RBI. So the middle of their order really did come through. And, um, you know, Arcia, Harris, you know, uh, Albies, you know, those guys all scored runs, you know, along with uh, obviously Olsen and, uh, and Riley. So, um, you know, good win for the Braves. They needed that one, needed to get off the schneid, kind of stop this little losing streak that they had. And, um, you know, Strider was just good enough. I mean, again, he did uh, he did not win uh, the game. But, um, you know, again, 13 strikeouts. I mean, you know, that's that's what you pay to see. You know, Spencer Strider do, right? I mean, that's that's what he can do best. But, um, uh, you know, Braves now 62-33 and 33, uh, on the season, 32-19 and 19 at, uh, at home. And uh, now we get ready for the Milwaukee Brewers. And this is a battle of first-place teams right now. So it is interesting because, again, Brewers are kind of, you know, they've been all right. They're in a bad division. Um, and I know that's saying a lot with the, you know, Mutts and Phillies and, um, you know, Marlins and all that kind of stuff, but they are in a bad division. And, um, you know, again, they, they're they finding a way to get wins, right? They have really good pitching. Um, their offense is just good enough. And, you know, we'll see how this series shapes up because they're going to play the Brewers in six of the next eight games. They'll have a little stopover in Baston to play the last place Red Sox. And oh, Sorry, I'm, I apologize. The Red Sox. And they'll have a little two-game set against the Red Sox. And then, um, you know, it'll be home with uh, Milwaukee. So this should be an interesting series. Again, Milwaukee's been just good enough. They are 54-43. Uh, and 43. They're two and a half games up on the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, by the way, now, as of right now, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Miami Fishnets, and the Mutts, uh, the Phillies and the Marlins are 10 and a half back. And it's 17 and a half back for the Mutts. So, yeah, they're really closing the gap here, boy. They've really taken advantage of the Braves' four-game winning streak. They've gotten it all the way to their now double-digit uh, double leads on every team in the division. So they've really done a good job of taking advantage. Maybe once they play the Braves, they'll be 21 games out. Because, again, they can't beat the Braves. Braves 22-6. and six in the division, and uh, that's why this thing is over. That's why this thing is over. We're getting to late uh, July, 10 and a half games up, and they haven't won a series against the Braves, any of those teams in the division. Sorry. I mean, miss me with the whole idea that that, that this, this is going to be a competitive division. Again, we've talked about it. They have a bigger lead than every other division in baseball combined right now. 
The other two divisions in the National League, the combined record that the teams are ahead is four and a half games. Braves are ten and a half. Astros are four, uh, four and a half back of the Rangers. Indians are two back of the Twins. And the uh, Rays and uh, Orioles are tied. So add those numbers up and you don't get ten and a half. So good win for the Braves uh, today. Much needed. And uh, now we get ready for uh, Milwaukee. And uh, we'll see what uh, what happens there. So uh, SEC media days wrapping up today. I, did you see, Day Day, did you see Lane Kiffin? today so yeah i didn't see the live footage my my app was actually acting up so i bet i saw people starting to tweet it out and taking you know pictures of it and whatnot so i well, saw it and i was I, yeah i i thought the same thing everybody's been saying all day well he <laughs> look he he looked like one of two things he either looked like he had been on a three-day meth bender um in vegas okay or he looked like one of the flunkies and toadies that Al Cervic was hanging around with at Bushwood Country Club. I mean, <laughs> I, it was it was just the 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 jacket and the polo the and hair. Just, yeah, I mean, he was like straight out of 1981, you know, as a cartoon character. Like he be- look he looked like he belonged to Bushwood Country Club. Yeah, the first thing I when I saw it, I was like, does he know he looks like this? Oh, I I don't think he cares. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Truthfully, I don't think that he cares. I don't think that he's concerned about uh, about all of that, but um, again, it was just it was kind of funny to, to see him. And Shane Beamer spoke again today. I, I've said before, look, Shane Beamer's one of those guys that you hear him speak and talk, and and you get all pumped up. I mean, he he would you you'd run through a wall for Shane Beamer. I mean, he's that kind of coach. But um, you know, just it, it was just funny to see Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, in all of his uh, his glory uh, out there. So. Uh, We'll talk to Chris Goforth coming up at 9 o'clock tonight as we kind of wrap up SEC Media Days and uh, get the scoop and the skinny of uh, the latest uh, that's uh, that's out there. Um, by the way, Day-Day, we've been on – I've been in here since 6.54, so that's what, four, almost 15 minutes now. Can I tell you my computer is still trying to load? Really? Like it's still not responding on Google Chrome and, and – Yeah. All. Th- these computers – in all, I know they said they replaced some things. Can I tell you the the only way to replace these computers is a sledgehammer and a trash compactor. That's the only way that you're going to replace these computers is to take a sledgehammer and then one of the you know those machines that crush the cars. That that's what we need for all of these computers because they are just trash. But anyway, I digress uh, with uh, with everything. Um, we'll talk to our buddy Will Gray coming up here. At uh, seven forty, we'll get uh, we'll get his thoughts about obviously as the uh, the British Open is uh, officially uh, underway, and um, Tommy Fleetwood, um, Christo uh, Lamprick, uh, those and uh, sorry Emilia Emiliano uh, Grillo, they are tied at five under right now. Uh, Brian Harmon, the highest uh, scoring American, as he is four under, so in a tie for what would that be fourth uh, fourth place. And um, you know some of the the unfamiliar names uh, as far as um, Americans that are in this tournament. Wyndham Clark is three under. Uh, Stuart Sink he's at three under. Max Homa is at the three under, and Jordan Spieth at uh, at two under. So um, you know very uh, very you know international leaderboard, but you expect that from the British Open. So uh, we'll talk to Will Gray coming up here at uh, seven forty. 
Uh, we'll also talk to Jason Longshore because uh, I am going to get into some of the things uh, surrounding Atlanta United, uh, just especially with what's bugging Chuckery. Because again, I, you know, listening to uh, or sorry, reading some of the things about, um, you know, what's going on with uh, with Messi uh, as he's coming in, and um, we'll get Jason Longshore's thoughts about where we're at with Atlanta United. As uh, obviously they've dropped a couple of uh, matches uh, in a row. Um, they will be back on, I believe it's uh, uh, what. Uh, They've got they've got some um, their next official match I believe don't they have um, don't they have some of these like international matches or or some of these leagues cup matches that are coming up on Tuesday and Saturday right that they that they play next week yeah in some I think of these... the twenty fifth is the first one of yeah them, I think sir? yeah I think it's Tuesday of next week that um, they will actually play uh, Miami in a, a leagues cup match and then they'll turn around on Saturday and play in a League's Cup. But the next time that they play, actually, in an MLS match, I believe is, like, August, like sometime in yeah, August. Yeah, MLS won't be till August. Yeah, uh, and I think it's the 20th where they play at Seattle. So we got a ways to go before we get into actual MLS action again. So, uh, But guys are not necessarily on break. There's a lot of international things that are going on and guys that are involved in all kinds of tournaments and stuff like that. So... Uh, we'll talk some MLS with uh, Jason Longshore here. Uh, the Commanders officially sold uh, today $6.05 billion sale. And I think that was probably a bargain, to be honest with you, because they have historically been um, maybe the most valuable franchise in professional sports for a long time. They were one of the most valuable franchises in sports, along with the Yankees and the uh, Cowboys and you know, teams like that. Um, but Josh Harris is now the uh, the the owner, uh, the group that he leads the group, uh, by the way. So, quote, today my partners and I entrusted by the NFL with the stewardship of a great franchise. Uh, as a lifelong Washington football fan who grew up here, I know that the commanders are more than just a sports team. This is an institution passed down from generation to generation. From day one is our top priority to deliver you a championship caliber team and we'll strive every day to ensure that we are franchised to be proud of. Obviously, he's saying uh, all the right things. And, um, you know, again, the uh, the old saying that, you know, nothing ends well or it wouldn't end um, is definitely true here for, uh, for the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder and all that. So I wonder, do you think that there will be some point, Day Day, that Daniel Snyder will go on the record and just spill his guts. Yeah, I was actually thinking that today. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm. I don't think Daniel Snyder, for the rest of his life, is going to be able to just sit on this story and just take his punishment and just go home. Like, oh I, no, no, I, it'll be some type of Netflix special. Watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely. I, I think that. I think that there's going to be something that comes. Um, from all of this, so we'll see. I mean, again, you know, who knows with with Daniel Snyder? But I, I, I don't believe that he's going to stay quiet for forever. Let me put it like that. I don't know when. I don't know when the right time is, or when the right know. check comes through. Um, yeah, but he doesn't need money. I he mean, doesn't. But I don't think he's going to give that information up for free. Like I think he's going to. He want. He'll want to put it out there, but he's going to want to benefit from it. I don't know if he's ticked off enough. If he's ticked off enough at these guys, I I could see him I could see him going on a bender. Like I could see him going 
going off on these guys. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe you're right. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I could I could definitely see Daniel Snyder being the kind of guy who's just vindictive like that. Wives like just, getting random en- envelopes of, of their husbands uh, in photographed with random women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, um, you know, remember we heard the story about – who was it? It was uh, it was John Gruden's brother, right? Mm-hmm. That was stooping some secretary. That was also stooping <laughs> one of the players. I mean, I mean, how how? I mean, again, you talk about the wild, wild west. I mean, you talk about day day. You talk about nineteen ninety eight Buckhead. I mean, it was full on nineteen ninety eight Buckhead. So, well, have a little bit funny uh, later on in the show. By the way, too, we will uh, get into some old school Atlanta talk. So, uh, we always have some fun with them. Up next, all right. Here's what we got: four zero four. 726-0929. I'm going to open up the phone lines to you. 404-726-0929. I'm going to ask a very simple question. Do you have faith in Kyle Pitts to have that big monster breakout year that I've been talking about? 404-726-0929. Do you have confidence that Kyle Pitts can have that breakout kind of season that he needs to have? We'll talk about that next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Thursday evening with you. All right, 404-726-0929. That is both our phone line and it is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. So we're asking the question, 
Do you have faith and confidence in Kyle Pitts to have that break year that, that we've been talking about? Look, the reality is that this is the group of draft picks that we've rolling with over the last couple few years. It's not been high-caliber pass rushers or necessarily high-caliber um, you know, offensive linemen. In this regime specifically, you know, it's wide receiver, tight end, running back. And, again, we can argue and debate about the value of those positions and stuff like that, but it's too late now. Those guys are here and signed. So now we have to win with those guys. And, and, again, there's a lot that has to happen for, you know, Kyle Pitts to have, you know, some success. I mean, part of his success is going to be the fact of Desmond Ritter being a competent enough quarterback to be able to get him the football and this, that, and the other. But, look, I've been very underwhelmed with the start for Kyle Pitts' career. And I don't want to hear about a blocking back. I don't want to hear about a decoy. I don't want to hear about any of those things. When, when, you, when you draft a guy fourth overall – that guy has to be a massive impact player for your franchise. And that that's not hyperbole. That guy has to perform at a super high level. And there's a lot of pressure on him to stay healthy, be a factor. And when I say Travis Kelsey, you know, I did a, I did a hit for Bet, uh, BetQL's morning show the other day. Uh, I think it was Monday. And they were like, you know, when I talked about Kyle Pitts and all that, they're like, wow, you know, Travis Kelsey. I'm like, well, wait a second. He's drafted fourth overall. He's the he's the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. You have to be that kind of player. You have to have that kind of impact. Or guess what? We're not going to get to where we want we're going to get. You can't fall back on your fifth and sixth round players to pick up the slack for Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, I'm I'm expecting him to be that 100 catch 1,400-yard dozen touchdown. Now, again, if he's 99 catches and 1,300 yards, I, again, I'm not saying that he's got to hit exactly those numbers, but he has to have that kind of impact. That's the kind of impact that a Travis Kelsey has. And by the way, go look at Kelsey's numbers. He's not a 50-reception guy. They, they pull up Travis Kelsey's number. Go to profootballreference.com. I'll give you an hour or two. Uh, so when we come back to this at 1020, you'll probably have it by then. So go to Pro Football Reference, go to Kansas City, click on Travis Kelsey's name, and and you can tell me about some of his stats over the last couple few years. Yeah, 13, uh, 13.38 uh, yards total, 12 TDs. That was his past season, 11.25, 69 uh, TDs, season before that, 14, 16, 11 TDs, season before that, so how many double Basically, digit- he's had um, over a thousand yards receptions for eight seasons straight. Yeah, but I mean, he was last year a thirteen hundred guy, twelve touchdowns. Right? I mean, how many double digit touchdown seasons he had over the last few years? Uh, three in the last six. So three in the last six years. Okay, how many's our guy had? Okay, exactly. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Let's go out to the phones. Uh, let's grab Alexander out in Atlanta. What's going on, Alexander? Hey, Chuck, we are a long time to talk to. Um, no, it's not that I don't have the confidence that he's good enough. I don't know what I have in Ritter, man. Um, last time when I when Matt Ryan was drafted, I knew we, we had the most cerebral quarterback in the draft. I knew he was really good with play action. He could read the defense. 
I don't know what I, I'm going to get with Desmond Ritter. And because I don't know what I'm going to get, I believe, honestly, that he's going to rely more on that running game and he's John Robinson out of the backfield. I think a lot of our yards are going to come on play action, getting the rollout going and really establishing running game. We should be able to do that with Pitts. But ever since Matt Ryan hasn't been there, you have injuries, but he hasn't, like I said, he hasn't really been a number four draft pick. And if I'm, if he's going to make an impact, because I don't believe he is, i got to have 10-plus touchdowns. The, the receptions aren't a big number to me because as a tight end, I want you to be able to go down the middle of the field, stretch the defense, make the zone look bad. In the red zone, which has been an Achilles heel for us, we haven't had a good target in the red zone since Tony Gonzalez. So if he can give me 10 touchdowns, even if he only gives me 50 receptions, 800 yards, if he can give me 10 touchdowns and be that red zone threat, opposite of Drake, yes. But because I don't know what I have in the Ritter, I can't I can't agree and say he's going to be that impact show. So I don't disagree with you because again, I the number one number that I'm going to look at more than anything is his touchdown receptions. He's had three touchdown receptions on 169 targets and 96 receptions. That ain't good enough. I don't care whose fault that is. I don't care if it's Marcus Mariota's fault, it's Arthur Smith's fault, it's Kyle Pitts' fault. I don't really care. Look, don't tell me how to make the watch. Just tell me what time it is. I, I and, and it's a net results business. And, and he's got to be – you can't have three touchdowns on 96 receptions and tell me it's been a success, no matter whose fault it is. If it's the coach's fault, then he's not doing a good enough job. If it's the quarterback's fault, then we need a new quarterback. If it's Kyle Pitts' fault, I don't know what to do then. So I'm looking at that touchdown number. I don't I don't disagree with you, Alexander. If he's 50 catches, 800 yards, but he's 10 or 12 touchdowns, I can live with that. But you better tell me he's a double-digit touchdown player that truly affects the outcome of the game, truly affects the way our offense runs. And there should be no reason why that we can't be an effective red zone team with all of the weapons that we have, all of the weapons that we had. But I don't want to hear my head coach tell me about, well, what a good blocker he is. Well, he's a decoy. I don't want to hear that. That's what not. That's not what number four picks are supposed to be in the draft. Q out in Decatur. What's going on, Q? Yeah, man. I, I listen to your show every day. I hear you comparing him a lot to uh, Travis Kelsey and other tight ends. Look, the man just got in the game. He had a hurt year last year. First year, Matt Ryan couldn't find him to the second half. Uh, Mariota can't find nobody. And who else was on the team to help him score to that? I mean, if he, if he's getting doubled and tripled every play and it's the red zone area, of course he's not going to score to that. So, so Travis Kelsey never gets so Travis Kelsey never gets double teamed. Travis Kelsey never gets double teamed in the red zone. Who is his quarterback? Who is his coach? What does his line look like? Okay, then then why did we draft him for? Then why did we draft him for? Why did we not draft Panay Sewell or Micah Parsons who affect football games when we can't win a football game? Why did we draft those guys? That was the best player at that point. When we drafted him, I think we did miss on Michael Parsons. I, I, I ain't famous. We mistake, definitely we missed on Michael Parsons. You can't put that much blame on him when he hasn't had a quarterback to to even 
adjust to get him in the game in the red zone. Okay, then he go get another. Then the go get a quarterback. Okay, then go. Then guess what? Okay, then go get a quarterback. If it's the quarterback's fault, go get one. If it's the quarterback's fault, go get a quarterback. You had money. You can go get some. Go get a quarterback. See again, we make excuses for all this stuff, and then we lose twenty games over the last two years. We're one of five teams that have not been in the playoffs for the last half decade. Five teams that have not been in the playoffs for a half a decade. Haven't been there since 2017. If this thing is going to turn around, it can't be hopes and wishes and prayers and golly gee, we're just going to be better. The same things that plague us have plagued us for five years. Same things. The same exact things. What's changed about it? At some point, our guys have to outperform and step up and be stars. Why do you think everybody is in the same boat in the media as far as they don't have enough playmakers at these key positions? Why do you think everybody is on that narrative? Everybody. Everybody you read is on that same narrative. Why? Are they all wrong? I think some of them are wrong. But why are they all on the same narrative? Because you look and say, okay, uh, you know, hopes and wishes and prayers and things. We have to have these guys step up. And if you're going to make excuses about quarterback, then you had plenty of opportunity to go figure something out. But at this case, at this point, I don't want to hear about quarterbacks and coaches and this and that. You, you could have fixed all that stuff. At some point, it comes down to, did we make the right decisions in our front office, select the right players for what we do? Did we? Because it hasn't materialized yet. For a sport that is worst to first, Worst of first. We hadn't sniffed the playoffs in five years. Since 2017, the last time we even sniffed the playoffs. Even if you just backdoor get yourself into the playoffs over the last five years. Arizona's done it. Their roster's dreadful. The Jacksonville Jaguars had Urban Meyer as their head coach and won their division last year. Teams do this all the time. That's why at some point we have to stop pussyfooting around and get it figured out. Some point we have to turn the Titanic around before it hits the iceberg. Because I don't want to go through a whole other coach and GM scenario. I don't want to go through that. Wasted enough years under Dan Quinn. Wasted enough of our time. And, yeah, I'm fired up about it because, again, it's ridiculous. It's a sport that is built on being bad and then being good, even if you just dumb your way into it, literally just dumb your way into a playoff spot. Dumb your way into the playoffs somehow. Backdoor your way into the playoffs. Spencer in Atlanta. What's going on, Chuck? Hey, man. Uh, first time talking to you, man. I just want to say big fan and love how you always upset the Falcons. 
Um, I feel like you got to give Pitts a chance this year. Um, Julio couldn't even score touchdowns when he was with Matt Ryan, and that's who Kyle Pitts had his first season. Last year he had Mariota. I don't think Jerry, uh, Jerry Rice could score touchdowns with Mariota. So I think this is the breakout year that uh, we're looking for. Uh, now, if he doesn't do it this year, then obviously we made a, um, a bad pick with that fourth pick. But uh, we need about, like you say, we need at least eight to ten touchdowns from him, or else people are going to, the Rumblers are going to start. Arthur Smith's job is going to be back. Uh, he's going to be in a hot seat. And, um, yeah, I agree with you, though. You know, um, we, we definitely should have picked defensive players. Uh, you always talk about what pick did Michael Parsons go and what pick were, did we have and things of that nature. I totally agree. But he still is a freak of nature athlete, and uh, he just hasn't been in the right situation yet. Uh, he, was, he came in during a turnover. So this is his opportunity right here. This is the year that we need to see is he really a superstar uh, worthy of being the fourth overall pick. And uh, I'll listen to what you got to say. I oh, appreciate it. I mean, again, I, I don't disagree with you. I just want to see it. Again, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm, I'm in a three-point stance waiting for it, fellas. I'm, I'm in a three-point stance ready to make it happen. I'm ready for it. Like, I've embraced it. I'm ready, man. I am so ready and amped up and ready to go to watch him just dominate. To just, to just take his physical size and speed and strength and just maul people over. That's what fourth picks are supposed to do at those kinds of positions. Be the ultimate mismatch. Again, Rob Gronkowski could catch 40 passes and 700 yards and be the most dominant player on the football field. That's what I need from Kyle Pitts. That's what I need him to be. Will Gray going to join us up next. We'll talk some British Open. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Tune on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Thursday evening with you. It is a um, miserable Thursday night uh, out there as uh, thunder, lightning, and massive rain is uh, rolling all through midtown uh, Atlanta right now. But we won't get our spirits dampened because we've got the British Open here for the next uh, few days, and let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. He is our guy that we always turn to, Will Gray, editorial lead for the PGA Tour overseeing Golf Bet, your hub for all things betting on golf. And he is on Twitter, at Will Gray Golf Bet, and joins me here on the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Will, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Thank you for a few minutes in Atlanta. Yeah, no problem, Chuck. Always going to be with you. So... Let's talk about the course, and obviously, you know, we always get into this tournament, and, you know, again, weather can always play a factor. Sometimes it's really hot and dry, and the course courses play really fast. Um, it could be rainy. I mean, 
what do we expect the weather forecast to be for this weekend, and what will this kind of course play like over the weekend? The weather forecast is pretty tame for open standards, but that doesn't mean it's, it's calm by any means. Uh, as we saw today, you know, a little bit of firmness, a little bit of wind here or there can really make a difference on this course. You know, this is only the third time that this uh, place, Royal Liverpool, has hosted the Open since 1967, so it's not one that we see a ton. 2014, when Rory won, was the last time that this tournament was held there. So there's a lot of learning going on from players and fans alike. And I think that the, the returns from today were, uh, you know, there are a couple of birdies out there here or there, but for the most part, this is a stern test. And uh, as you saw with some of those scores near the bottom of the standings, it can get away from you pretty quickly. You know, is, is sort of the reputation of this course that, you know, sometimes maybe the quality isn't there or weather has a real effect on this course. I mean, is that sort of the, the reputation that Royal Liverpool has had? A little bit. I mean, in 2006, uh, when it came back there and Tiger won, it was super burnt out and brown and, and very, very dry. Um, in 2014, when Rory won, it was a little bit softer. So they, that was, you know, they went on both sides of the spectrum there. But I think that this week, the, the focus, and especially in the first round we saw it play out, is really on these bunkers. I mean, these bunkers are no joke. If you get in there, they're very flat. They've got these thick rake marks, and they're really playing like penalties and, and hazard areas. We saw Tony Finau basically putt a ball in the bunker just so different spots to be able to get out. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, they're all playing backwards. Rory had a crazy par on 18 out of the sand. So, uh, you know, add in the, the OB and the out-of-bounds that lurks uh, near the 18th fairway, and this is one where, yeah, if you keep it on the straight and narrow, you're going to have some birdie chances. But as soon as you stray, once you're in that sand, uh, you're going to have a tough time saving par. Well, let me let me ask you a question just, just from your personal perspective. Um, you know, do you like major tournaments where there's kind of the Cinderella story or underdog or things like that? Or do you like to see the greats, you know, and, and see the greats play in the final round and for the, you know, chance to win a championship? Because, again, it, when you look at this leaderboard, I know it's early, and, again, it's only only the first round, but – Again, when Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark are the highest, you know, uh, Americans, you know, in this tournament so far, um, you know, it's not exactly a who's who of golf royalty uh, in the leaderboard right now. Do you personally like the better players or do you like the underdog sort of Cinderella stories? I would kind of liken it to March Madness. Uh, you know, you always root for those those underdog upsets in the the first couple of rounds, and then by the time you get to the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, you want to see the blue the blue blood mm-hmm. programs kind of duke it out. And and I think that that's what we're going to see here. That yes, you know, Harmon and Wyndham Clark are among the highest ranked Americans right now, but Scotty Scheffler's right there, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Koepka, the names that you know are lurking just a couple shots back from there. And I think that the further along that we go, the more the cream is going to rise to the top. And you know, if you look at the winners that we've had at this course before, it's Tiger and Rory, and, and nine years ago it was Ricky Fowler was in the mix. And so I, I think eventually by the end of the week we're going to see the, the big names start to, to show up. And, you know, you've got an amateur, Christo Lamprecht, that's, that's leading. I, I would say that's like their 15 over two upset uh, that you, you get in the first round. I don't know that I'm going to expect his name at the top of the leaderboard come Saturday. But honestly, if he's there, if we have like a Tom Watson situation, you know, all the better. Then that would be an all-timer story, and that's that's cool for a different reason. But I do think that uh, the further along we go, the cream's going to rise to the top, and I think players, especially guys like Scotty Scheffler, uh, are going to work their way up the board. Golf analyst Will Gray joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. So you're obviously involved with golf bets. So give me a 
couple of long shots that you think play into this course pretty well. Are, are there a couple of guys that we should be looking out for that aren't household names or maybe long shots on the betting uh, lines that uh, could do some damage this weekend? I mean, I really think that Brian Harmon is someone that's going to be there uh, for a while. You know, he's someone that has won twice in the PJ Tour, a bit of a veteran, a left-handed player. Um, and he has sneakily gotten into about the top 30 in, in the world and, and doesn't have a ton of, of name recognition, but has put up some big results in some big events. So uh, he's in that mix around three under. I think he's going to stick around for sure. You know, he was uh, in the 30 to 40 to one range for a while. I think I saw him get down to about 18 to one. So I, I think that if you're looking at the board and trying to figure out, you know, where's the cutoff, it's a little early to do that. But I did see my, my former colleague, Justin Ray, had a great stat that I think since 1970, 96% of the Open Championship winners have been within five shots of the lead after round one. So you really want to look at that group that's under par as, as probably producing your winner. Yes, maybe someone that shot two or three over today could put together a 64 or 65 tomorrow and get back into it. But by and large, we've seen this course uh, you know, has very thin margins around the edges. So I think that you're probably looking at those guys that did open – in the 60s, or maybe someone that's one under at 70, like Scheffler or Brooks Kepka, uh, that those are the guys that eventually are going to be uh, hoisting the Claret Jug. Is there one of the big names that you think this course does not favor? I mean, uh, you know, again, you mentioned the fact that when the last time I was here in 2014, Rory was the winner, and we've kind of been, you know, on Rory watch, it feels like, for a while now. But is there one of the big name players that you think that this course does not favor very much? Uh, not entirely. I mean, I will say that it doesn't have a, a ton of room to miss off the tee. I was a little surprised to see Cam Smith, the defending champion, uh, shoot over par today. He's so good on and around the greens, but uh, he was playing catch up for most of the day. But, you know, I, I actually think you look at someone like Spieth. It was a full Jordan Spieth experience today, right? He had a bunch of birdies. He also had a double bogey where he shanked one out of the rough out of bounds when he was trying to trying to hack it out. So uh, there, there's always going to be some high variance whenever Spieth uh, comes to the course. We saw him, uh, you know, win this tournament six years ago at Royal Birkdale, and that was a roller coaster then too. But I think the, the longer this goes, the more likely it is that he's going to get stung by maybe a wayward tee shot uh, or or end up in a double or triple bogey, which we've seen a lot of guys um, fall fall to today. Uh, and certainly, I, I think that's going to continue as the week progresses. You know, Rory's going to be right there in the mix. He's playing so well coming off the Scottish Open. John Rahm is someone that. Uh, I think, you know, there's, he could play on the moon and John Rahm is going to be among the four or five favorites. Uh, so I, I think that he's, he's someone that could be poised to make one of those rallies. And then Scheffler's right there. I mean, if Scotty Scheffler putts decently, he's going to win a tournament by four or five shots very soon. And it could be as recently as, as this week. You know, Will, I hate to jinx it, but I mean, one of the nice things about this tournament going into this weekend is there really doesn't feel like the angst, um, you know, with, the divide of live golfers and PGA tour golfers and all of the kind of side stories. It really does feel like that this is maybe the first major where we can just really focus on golf. Like, um, and again, even with all the uncertainty, it still feels like that this is a weekend that really is about just the game of golf and we can focus on it. And we really don't have so much of the background noise of all of the stories that have kind of, I guess, plagued uh, you know the world of golf over this past year but we don't feel like we have those kinds of stories that are lingering right now for the tour it's nice to focus on the golf right every yeah. now and then i think that's been the key takeaway not only this week but of the four majors is that you know it's so much better it's, it's such a better product it's such a better fan experience to have all the best players in the world playing these big events all together and you don't want to have to 
hand out trophies with asterisks and things like that. And there are a lot of questions about, you know, the, the pro golf landscape and where we're going to go from here into 2024, maybe beyond. Uh, and I assure you, I have zero of those answers, but I can tell you that I agree with your sentiment that it's nice this week, you know, to have all the, the names that you know and, and recognize, and they're all starting at even par and going out and tackling the same course from the first tee. And then you add them up at the end. And so uh, if we can get to a point where, where there's more of that and, and less of the uh, the soap opera drama in the background, I think I'm all for it. Last uh, question for you. Um, you mentioned about Brian Harmon could be uh, a player in this whole thing. Do you think he can finish as the highest American uh, in this tournament? Uh, is he the guy to watch for on the American side? I, I mean, I think that uh, I, I still think Scotty Scheffler is, is probably going to work his way into the top five. So that's a high bar to hit. I mean, Scotty Scheffler hasn't finished worse than 12th in any golf tournament since October. It's just amazing how consistent he has been. I, I do think Harmon is someone from a betting perspective that could have some value. I, I think he's kind of in that mold that we saw last month at the U S open with Wyndham Clark. No one really, including myself expected Wyndham Clark to hang on like he did down the stretch, especially against the bigger names like Rory and Ricky Fowler. Uh, and he managed to pull it off. And, and honestly, he, he surprised me again today to be able to, to turn it around, and he's once again on, on the leaderboard. Usually it takes a few months for those guys to, to get used to the extra weight of being a major champion. We didn't see that today from Wyndham Clark. We'll see how it goes uh, tomorrow and through the weekend. But, yeah, I think if you're looking at the board and trying to figure out, you know, Tommy Fleetwood is a co-leader. He's now the consensus betting favorite. Scheffler's right behind him where it started out as Scheffler and Rory kind of on even footing. I think Harmon's someone that, that could be interesting, and, and I don't think it's a fluke that he, he put together a pretty good round today. I expect more of that out of him the rest of the week. Editorial lead overseeing Golf Bet, your hub for all things golf betting, part of the PGA Tour. Will Gray, join us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page. He'll have all of your action all weekend long at Will Gray Golf Bet. Will, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. We always enjoy talking to you. And uh, listen, we will talk to you here as the uh, tournament will eventually get here to um, you know Atlanta, and uh, we'll chat again then. Oh, for sure. We'll be in your neck of the woods here in, in a few weeks. It's coming up quick. Always good chatting with you, John. You got it. Appreciate it, Will. Um, can I tell you, I always learn something when I talk to Will. He's one of my favorite guests. To, um, he's just really a really knowledgeable guy. And again, he's been been on the Golf Channel, and you know, he's been he's just he's done all kinds of different things. So I uh, always enjoy talking to Will when uh, when we get a chance to come up on these majors. All right, when uh, we get back from the top of the hour, it will be time for the Falcons flyover, all your news and notes about the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are going to have their red helmets for three games this year. We'll give you that story up next. Chuck in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Auto Parts. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.